I'm delighted to announce that the National Association for Primary Education has exclusively released a video from its Primary Education Summit, Visions for the Future. This video, recorded by me, Mark Taylor, and Al Kingsley, talks about creating digital strategies for schools. This video is available for you to watch now at educationonfire.com forward slash blog, which I really hope gives you a taster of some of the amazing content that was available as part of that Primary Education Summit. That's educationonfire.com forward slash blog. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast. One of the things we talk about a lot here is actually being authentic, actually being supportive of children to be their best selves. And so today I'm really excited to be chatting to Renee Thornborough. Renee is leading a worldwide movement to bring life coaching and mindset skills training to kids. Since 2013, her company has certified hundreds of coaches in over 30 countries, helping them create a business they love as a life coach for kids while empowering children around the world. Life coaching is a game changer for children as they learn how to build confidence, resilience and mindset skills for life. And it is a game changer for coaches as they increase their impact and income while doing their work in the world serving children. Renee is a personal development expert, a member of the International Coaches Federation and a former three-year board member for the Association of Coach Training Organisations. She is a retired corporate marketing executive and the proud mother of 20-year-old twins, a son and a daughter. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Renee talking about life coaching for kids. Hi Renee, thank you so much for joining us here on the Education on Fire podcast. It's so important that children, I think, are the best selves and know their best selves as they're going through. And I think that's certainly true in life generally, but I think it's so important at the moment with the education system, which seems to sort of be battering children from one side and the other with all the the testing and and all the expectations that are on them so i think this is going to be not only a fascinating conversation but a really important conversation yeah so thanks so much for being here very happy to be here thanks mark so tell us in a in a relative nutshell <laughs> adventures and wisdom what is it where did it come from and and where's that passion been driven from Oh my goodness. So kind of high level, what we're all about is for, gosh, over 10 years now, I've been leading a worldwide movement to bring life coaching to children. And I've certified many hundreds of coaches in over 30 countries to help children learn how to develop mindset skills for resilience, for self-confidence, self-esteem, self-leadership, and even happiness. So they can manage those ups and downs of growing up and just you know, navigate life and be who they were meant to be in the world. And our coaches use our story-based coaching curriculum to be able to help children develop these skills. And you know, you asked where it came from. It all happened or the, the seed was planted decades ago when I discovered the world of personal development right out of college. And I remember thinking to myself, Mark, why didn't I learn this when I was a kid? You know, it made no sense to me that the life coaching world and the personal development world focuses on grown-ups when those core thoughts and beliefs that shape who we are and what we think is possible for our lives are formed when we're really young. And I knew that when I had children, I wanted to help them develop these skills. And then you know, 20 years ago, when I did have my kiddos and when they were about four or five, I started looking for materials to help me help them develop these mindset skills. And Mark, there was nothing out there. You know, there's some things on how to get my kids to behave, but nothing on mindset development. And 
I started working with my kids on my own and you know sometimes it felt a little lecture or boring and I didn't want my kids rolling their eyes every time I opened my mouth so I started writing stories and that really was when the magic happened because they not only loved the stories, but they most important, they were learning those concepts. And from there, my vision just started to grow that I really wanted to bring this to other children as well. And at the time, I had a very successful corporate career. I was vice president of marketing for a company here in Austin, Texas, and just loved what I did, loved my team, but of course, making great income. But I really wanted to bring this work to the world. So I retired from my corporate job, wrote the curriculum, launched the company. And I'm, I'm just amazed that here we are, you know, 12 years later, and we have people all over the world that are using, you know, my curriculum, my work to bring this work to children and touching children that I would never have been able to reach. So it's been quite the journey. Yeah, I mean, that ripple effect is really just such a key element, isn't it? Like you say, it really is. You're at the heart of it all, but then you're allowing everyone to sort of run, run through there. And I think what you described is really, really interesting because children, when they're very young, they're doing everything instinctually. They know what they, who they are, who they want to be, how they want to develop. You know, you never teach a child to walk. You know, they just know that's how they want to do, and they fail, and they get up, and they do it over and over. And then. I'd be fascinated to know if the environment was set where that could carry on through school and to some of the older years, what that would look like. But of course, we know in the reality society and the way that we're structured as a, as a human race now is very sort of con- got lots of constraints around that. And you can't do this and you can't do that. And this has to happen and that has to happen. And so sort of winding those sort of mindset ideas in, I think, is incredibly important. And I'm sort of curious in terms of how that sort of balance develops in terms of what their sort of natural instincts are and how you sort of sort of create those stories to kind of support I guess what they already know from a sort of um sort of internally because I think everyone's sort of wired to sort of to thrive in that way but at the same time sort of I guess showing them that what's happening to them is probably not natural because we, we've created that as, as a society so that, that sort of gray area I guess is kind of the, where the real magic is. Well, it, you know, as, as kids get lifed, so to speak, you know, once they start going to elementary school, primary school, and they're starting to experience challenges for the first time, whether it's, you know, not being picked for the sports team or getting a bad grade or not being invited to a birthday party, they start developing these limiting beliefs and most of the time at a subconscious level. And it's shaping who they are and what they think is possible for themselves and in their, in their, their lives. You know, we aren't proactively taught how to develop mindset in our ways of thinking that are empowered empowered ways of thinking. It, these are skills that we can teach children and the skills that we can teach adults. You know, most adults have never learned this either. And it's just so important for children to learn that just because you failed a test doesn't mean you're a failure. Or just because you didn't get invited to the birthday party doesn't mean that you can't have friends or that no one likes you. And yet that's kind of the extreme that children tend to take things when they have a disappointment in life. And do you think, I don't know, I I guess, do do you think that comes from the people around them? Or do you think that's just inherently what we do as humans anyway? You know, that kind of that disappointment, therefore it must be like this. Or or is it external factors as well that kind of play into that sort of mindset idea? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Uh, I really do. I mean, a lot depends on the what the messaging they're hearing from the people around them but think about all the people that children are exposed to right it's not just their parents they can have the most loving supportive parents but if you have a teacher 
who has a really harsh belief system or even peers peers you know children can be so mean to each other and sometimes it's it's not even intentional it just it just happens and and you know whether it's sports teams all the different ways that our children are are touched uh, you know emotionally by other people even things that they watch on television and all with social media, it just, it can, they're just flooded with this messaging and this information that they're not good enough in a lot of different avenues. And for them to learn that they get to define who they are and the most powerful way to do that is through the thoughts that they have about themselves is just so empowering for children. And it's something, it's a skill that children really need to learn at a young age. Um, you know, one of the first things that we teach children is about the power of positive self-talk and how to that they get to be their own best friend and in fact the story that we use to teach this is called choosing your bet or choosing your bff for best friend forever and your bff is yourself is how it comes out through the story but it's all about teaching children about the skill of positive self-talk in fact it's such a powerful important skill we actually give this coaching story away for free on our website and it just struck me there that it is amazing what happens and what children take on at that young age isn't it i remember my niece and i think she can't have been more than three i wouldn't think at the time but um my my sister and her husband were sort of doing the rubbish and whatever and she was like no no that needs to be recycled we've been doing this you know we, we've been co covering this at sort of nursery it must have been then or if it when she'd first started school and you were, this is recycling and this is rubbish and this is, and all that sort of stuff and they'd obviously been through it they'd obviously been talking about it and it was it completely ingrained that that was how it had to be and 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 so they really do take all these things on like you say from from that youngest of ages yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was interesting about that. You know, my kids, too, recycling is just part and of, of their normal way of thinking. We didn't have recycling when I was growing up. Didn't There was no such thing. Didn't even think about it. Everything just went into the, the rubbish, you know. And take me through sort of the range of stories. I mean, it was really clear what you said there in terms of that sort of self-talk and everything. But give us a sort of a, a, an idea of that sort of what areas you cover and, and how they then um, sort of embed themselves within those different parts of life. Oh, I'd, I'd be happy to. So, Mark, we teach 27 different mindset skills, and it really covers five areas of development development for kids. You're around the kind of social, emotional learning. Some people call it growth mindset. And the core, what we start out with the foundation, we call it mind power. And it really is the brain science behind why personal development skills and mindset skills work. So we're teaching children about their conscious mind and their subconscious mind. We're teaching them about their comfort zone and how neural pathways shape how they experience their world but they get to shape their neural pathways. We teach them about part of their brain called the reticular activating system, which is what helps them set and achieve their goals. So we really get into the brain science because that helps them understand why these skills are going to work for them. And then we move into the next segment that we call uh, inner power. And inner power is all about helping children develop their inner compass. So deciding who they want to be from a character point of view, then learning how to make good decisions and how to deal with peer pressure as well. So they learn about skills and self-leadership skills such as self-responsibility, integrity, respect, and self-respect. Then we go into me power. That's all about self-esteem and self-confidence because self-esteem and confidence all comes from the inside out. It's not from anything that's outside of us. It's what we develop from within and how we choose to face the situations in our world. And then we get into dream power and that's all about helping children learn how to set and achieve their goals. And they learn about tools such as 
visualization, affirmation, and gratitude, and how that helps them create kind of the positive energy and energetic vibrations to support them in achieving their goals. And then we get into what we call slaying dragons, and that's all about how to handle the tough stuff. Because Mark, as you all well know, life can can throw us some curveballs, just like the last few years with the, the pandemic and everything that the children have been facing and all of us have been facing. And so they learn about how to manage change and how to overcome mistakes or when they have a big disappointment or a failure in their lives and how to manage big changes in their life as well. So it's all about handling that tough stuff in life as well. So we really try to cover the kind of these main areas of development so that they can learn how to navigate life go for it in life and be who they were meant to be in the world. And where do these touch points come? Is it for parents to understand that they can then bring into their child's life? Is it um, a separate coach from outside? Is it integrated within schools? So how, how do you sort of build up those relationships? Oh, yeah. So we have got coaches all over the world who use our curriculum with children. A lot of them have their own side business. Some, some of them it's part-time. Some of them work this full-time. A lot of our coaches come from an education background, some from counselor therapy, some from life coaching, and then some who just work with children in other realms, whether it's like art teachers or martial arts teachers or sports coaches, etc. And then sometimes they're parents and grandparents who just love personal development work and want to support children. So, you know, parents can certainly get certified and coach their own children and other children as well but most of our coaches come from you know a background where they're already working with children in some capacity but it's um you know our coaches work with children in a variety of different ways workshops one-on-one coaching small group coaching some do after school programs we have some of our educators who will bring our curriculum into their classroom but what we found with most of our educators is they just don't have the time you'll hear it from them all the time that they're so busy with the the academic curriculum they don't have the time to do the mindset work that really supports children and being more effective with the academic curriculum. So when that happens, they'll try to do some after school programs or maybe some camps during holidays, that kind of thing. But it it can be challenging for them to actually try to get into the schools. And we as a company have not tried to go into schools as a whole different world. You know, we really support people who want to have their own side business or full time business coaching children to make that happen in the world. Yeah, and I think that integrations and interesting wasn't it because you mentioned it before about where these influences come and and i certainly think of it from our children's point of view you know we all those things you've spoken about are sort of integral to what we believe in what we try and to instill as well but the reality is is that six seven eight hours a day they're in school hearing maybe some things which are supportive like that but i also know there are lots of things which aren't or or they actually hear the words which are supportive like that but the reality of what they're doing doesn't work so you know if you're in school for eight hours a day and you have one short break in the morning and you've got a lunch hour which is actually only 30 minutes which then becomes an extra lesson because you have to do interventions because there's exams coming up then like I say that idea of kind of looking after yourself and all of that even if you're talking about make sure you look after yourself because you're doing exams the reality is not there because you haven't got the structure and all of that sort of stuff so those mixed messages like I say are really really hard to overcome unless you you understand where they're coming from and what you can do personally to make the most of it you're absolutely right about that and you know Mark we talk to teachers all the time. I've had so many conversations with teachers from around the world. I hear the same thing from them, the same frustration, how much they want to support children on the social emotional development, 
and how they just don't have that time. You know, they know how important it is, but there's the curriculum they have to deliver. There's the testing scores they have to deliver and they're frustrated and it's, it's this balance and, or actually it's not a balance. It's just, they, they struggle with how can they teach children what they really feel like children need and still meet the goals that they need to accomplish as to professional educators within the school systems that they're working in. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's fascinating, and it's probably a, a rabbit hole <laughs> not to go down at this particular moment. But like I say, all the things that the schools want, and I do, you know, certainly on this podcast, when you speak to sort of really sort of fearless leaders and fearless heads, they know that if they've got this kind of education going on within the school, if they have a broad curriculum, if the arts and sport is integral to what they're doing the things which they technically have to do like you know the focus on the scores and all the other stuff within the system happens almost automatically because the children are happy they're aware that they're, they're, they're wanting to grow and thrive and be inspired but it takes i think people with real experience and understanding of that i think which maybe there's less and less of just because people are leaving the profession and and, and the way all of that's going but i guess the thing which i'm sort of inspired by what you're doing is the fact that it's that sense of, well, if you're not doing this within the school system and, and like I say, because of time pressures and all of those sorts of things as well, a little bit like having a music lesson outside of school, we can point you in a direction where you can really sort of embed it, get involved in it and really take it as a real single focus, which you can then bring back into the rest of your life. And then that way, it seems to be really, really um, supportive because then it's about you rather than school, which I think sometimes is something you have to do rather than taking ownership of it and I think that probably is the most powerful thing yeah I, you're absolutely right and there are multiple ways we can reach children outside of school and it's interesting you know I know in the United States we've seen a lot of schools removing like music programs or shortening or removing the physical fitness and uh, outdoor we call a PE time um, uh, recess time and these are things that really help develop the right side brain of our, our children and just help them be overall well-rounded people. And there's so much emphasis on the academic side and we've got to find ways to really support children in their full whole child development in the creative side, in the as well as the language in the academic side or in the mathematics side as well, but in the character building side, in the empowerment side, I mean, it just, that's the whole child. That's what I hear from so many educators. That's I wanted to develop the whole child. And they feel like within the school systems that their their hands are tied, that they can't do the work that they really want to do. Yeah, I mean, that makes so much sense. And I guess that's why you're able to get into so many different countries and have such a breadth of coaches. And yeah. and, and I find that on, on this podcast as well, like sort of slightly boggles me that you know it's been downloaded in like 160 countries or something but i think the reality yeah. is, is that we're, we're talking about human people you know human connections that interaction the fact that i'm the same as you despite living like you say thousands of miles apart but what we're talking about is something that we both inherently believe in and know and and and, and is universal so i'm i'm curious in terms of when you're sort of doing um sort of interactions with coaches from different countries is it all very similar because of that sort of human interaction or, or is, is the some of the sort of different nationalities and the way that works bring up a few interesting conversations? We're having the same conversation, regardless of what country people are coming from. Extreme passion for children, 
our, our coaches are already aware of personal development work. You know, they, they've already done their own work or they're aware of things like growth mindset and they want to bring that to children. So they both, they have these same combinations and then they see working with children is helping them do their work in the world. I mean, they, it's like in their bones, they have to work with children and it, it helps them feel fulfilled and it helps them know that they're making a difference in the world. I mean, those are the core things we see and it really is, I mean, you know, I, I am for the first like five years of our pro- program, I enrolled every single one of our coaches. So I had all those conversations myself one-on-one all over the world, like I said, and same passion for wanting to empower children. It doesn't matter what country they're from. Yeah. And in terms of your education experience, is there a teacher or an experience that that you remember, which was impactful. And I guess this could be good or, or bad from that point of view. But I'm also always interested in, in sort of how that is in your reflection and having then sort of gone back to creating something like this, which is helping people. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I was thinking back on, okay, what teacher, some people say, oh, is this teacher had a huge impact on me. And there were a couple that, that stood out. One was actually, I was in student council in high school and her name was Deborah Alford and she was our student council advisor. So she wasn't even necessarily a direct teacher and yet she was a huge teacher and that I learned leadership skills. I learned, you know, communication skills, project management skills. And really one thing that she did a great job of is helping us as students take ownership of our projects and run them through completion, do all the communications with whether it was other businesses or organizations or whatever it was. And I also really learned the importance of expressing gratitude. And she was really big on saying thank you and writing thank you notes and how important that was. So you know, looking back on it, it was like that was really one of my biggest influencers before, you know, before college. And then in, um, you know, in, in grad school, I had an, another, um, teacher he'd he was a he was CEO of a huge tech company here in the United States but he did a class on what was called marketing implementation and you know so many times we have these big ideas about business but then you have to think about you got to implement it so what's really going to make sense so it's kind of the pragmatic side of you know taking big ideas and implementing them so both of those were really important when it comes from a school standpoint but then my real education came like I said after I graduated college, I discovered the world of personal development and I just dove in. I've read so many books and, you know, different trainings and seminars and those kinds of things over the years as part of my own personal growth and personal development, which has helped me have a very successful corporate career. But I am a lifelong learner. I think it's one of the most important skills and things for us to teach children is how important it is to be a lifelong learner. And Tell me a little bit about that relationship between the reading the books and being a lifelong learner and the implementation of that in order to help that work for you. Because I think that there are some people who do all the reading, sort of get on that journey, but then actually it doesn't work for them. But mainly that's because you're not actually doing the things which you're reading about and that you're learning. So um, tell me a little bit about that from your point of view but also in terms of I guess that's important from the way you structured what you're doing because you know you can tell the stories and you can talk about these things but understanding that there needs to be a little bit of what you're putting into it needs to then sort of be seen in the world in terms of how you want to take that on board and make the changes to to support yourself. Yeah I think that whenever I read 
a book. I try to take out, okay, what are the key learnings? I'm a big note taker, so I write in my books and then I'll go back and I'll say, okay, what are the key points here? I would say that one of my strengths is taking complex ideas and making them simple. Um, it's one of the reasons why I've been able to take this whole body of gigantic work in the personal development world and kind of boil it down to children's stories that are written in a fable format that makes it easy for children to understand these types of skills and to use them. So I think for me, I just try to, to boil it down to a couple things and maybe work on just a few things from that. Um, I think that if you try to implement absolutely everything, it can be overwhelming. But if you take one or two ideas and you focus on that and practice that and then just kind of continuously build on it, is, is that's yeah. what I find is, is most effective for me. Yeah, I think that, that that's what I'd like to say, the, that one thing at a time, even if there's more things going around, that's like I say, you can only focus on the one thing and it's very easy to get overwhelmed, isn't it? And then from that point of view, you're, you're just back on that treadmill again and then not able to do it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's very, very sound advice. Um, and is there any advice that you've been you've been given that you'd like to share from somebody or indeed maybe looking back as a is a, a more mature Renee thinking what you might give that to your to your younger self and I do slightly caveat that with the fact that not always do we when we're slightly younger take these things on board but at the same time like you say in exactly what you're doing you need to hear them to in order to have that implementation when you're ready yeah you know there there's a couple of things one that was very profound for me probably happened around second grade or so is that I realized that intelligence is something that can be developed and there's a little bit of a story behind that in that I'm an identical twin and when we were young my sister was considered gifted and talented she could whenever she heard something she would learn it very easily never had to study well I my brain didn't work that way and so I didn't get good grades because I thought well you know it just didn't come in and normally and I didn't wasn't able to perform well on tests and stuff and then I discovered the world I studied for a spelling test and I got an A on it I couldn't believe it and I realized wait a minute if I study I can get a good grade and that seems like such a you know duh (laughs) it's like (laughs) of course but I I'm and I'm sure maybe teachers or even my parents told me that I don't know I don't remember from way back when but I realized that I learned a different way it just took me more practicing and studying in order to develop my intelligence. And, you know, I got ser- more serious about school after middle school and then, you know, wound up excelling at school and doing really well. So the fact that intelligence could be developed was so important. And then it wasn't until after I got out of school and I started discovering things I was passionate about, such as personal development and learning about psychology and sociology and these kind of things that I became and really developed that whole lifelong learning and realizing that how important it is to be a continuous learner. You know, the the business I have right now, we're all online. You know, we find our, our, we talk to our clients online, we deliver our services online. Everything that we do didn't exist 15 years ago. I couldn't have had the business I have today 15, 20 years ago because things have changed so much. I am continuously learning and taking courses and having to hire experts or coaches to help me uh, learn what I need to know and hire the right team members who know things that I don't know in order to be successful because the world is changing at such a rapid pace. It's important to at least, even if you don't know everything yourself, to at least stay abreast of what all is going on so that you can can really make your dreams come true. And it's a really important thing, I think, that understanding how you learn, isn't it? Because like you say, you sort of 
it, I need to learn like this because this is what I'm being told, or this is the way the school class is set up, or this is the way everyone else is being successful. Um, but that doesn't work for me. But at the same time, you know, I say as soon as you realize that you do know how that works, but you've kind of gone around it in a different way, or you see it a different way, or this is all very visual, but I seem to like it better when I'm listening, or as opposed to reading or whatever it happens to be. And, and I think that just then frees yourself up to think, oh, right, so now I'm just finding my groove here. You know, oh, that that doesn't work. I understand what I'm trying to do, but I can find the way of doing that myself. And that gets on kind of a snowball effect, doesn't it? Because then you, you waste less time as you go on because you know that's the path you can look at for the next thing that you're you're going to be looking at. Well, you're absolutely right about that, Mark. And now we know so much more about learning differences about neurodiversity, things that weren't even talked about, you know, when I was a child or even, and that's a, that's a great thing because we're able to support children in their development at, in a much stronger way. Um, but it is realizing that we're not all the same. And I think it's one of the reasons why it's really important so powerful too with our our coaches is we have we have some coaches who focus on working with children with different learning uh, differences or neurodiversity or certain you know different segments of of the population and it's really because that's their skill set and it's just a really powerful way to reach children where they are and support them in developing their best selves because we all have our gifts and talents sometimes it our gifts and talents are just developed in a little bit different way yeah and that's such an important thing i've heard that quite a lot recently that meeting whoever it is where they are and that might be from a development point of view it might be an academic point of view it might be an emotional point of view but as soon as you kind of feel like we're on common ground here and then we can move forward that just changes the environment doesn't it and 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 i think the relationship between the people that are involved in that learning process yeah i i couldn't agree more um is there a resource you'd like to share and this can be professional or personal but anything from a podcast a book video film song but something which has had an impact gosh impacts on me i mean obviously i'm a a personal development geek i mean i just absolutely love learning about personal development and empowerment type of work so that is just something i strongly encourage people to to learn more about and support children and learning about as well um you know, of course we have our resources we have the free story that we have on our website and then there's all kinds of things you know for us grown-ups too because the more we learn about ourselves and, and evolve ourselves the more we can support our children and their growth as well and the acronym fire is incredibly important here as part of education on fire and by that i mean yes. feedback inspiration resilience and empowerment and i know some of these things you know you've sort of covered already but out of those four things is there one that sort of strikes you as is being more important well today because it's the thing that strikes you and why why, why is that i would say really a theme in my life for the last few years especially as an entrepreneur has been resilience i think I mean, having your own business is, it's constant ups and downs, more so than I ever thought there would be. And one thing, you know, I learned is that, you know, life is not linear. And a lot of times, especially when you're a child, you know, you see your path of, okay, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, you see this kind of linear way of how you're going to progress through life. But when you're in, even sometimes in the corporate world, you kind of have this path, right? But when you're out and just in life in general, I mean, life is not linear. It's more of a roller coaster. It's got its ups and downs. It's got its loops. Sometimes you're going backwards and hopefully you're still trending upwards towards your goal. But realizing that 
you can go through life on this roller coaster, gripping the bar, white knuckling it, and just, you know, being nauseated the whole time. Or you can throw your hands up in the air and go, woo, and just have, it's like, what's it going to happen next? And I'll tell you though, Mark, <laughs> half the time I've got one hand gripping and white knuckling while the other <laughs> hand is trying to go, woo, woo. <laughs> because, I mean, I have really been through some hard stuff, but I've always, always learned that you can get through it. And you know, I've learned how to, through mindset skills, how to navigate whenever bad stuff happens, how to kind of reset my brain, uh, get re-intuned with what my goal is and to restart and make my dreams come true. But it's just, I think resilience is probably one of the most important skills that children can learn, that us grown-ups can learn as well. I think it's so critical. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think for me, that that letting go analogy is perfect because I think, you know, one of the things we touched on earlier is that sense of, you know, whatever your path is, whatever your passions are, what that inspiration comes from. And I think that naturally that will take care of itself if you can let go <laughs> of the handle yes. on the roller coaster. Yeah. Because like you say, you, you kind of grip on because you think you know where it's going. And as soon as it's not, you want to kind of do a course correction. But actually the letting go and the ebbing and flowing, and like you say, they're going backwards, which kind of just takes you on a different route. It doesn't take you backwards. It just changes that. You meet somebody, you have a, an interaction, you learn something you would have never have done before. And I think that's where that kind of self-awareness and that sort of inner trust comes from that, it's all working for me in a positive way, even if you can't see what that is. And, you know, I guess that's where as we get older, that sort of wisdom and hindsight becomes easier for us to sort of un to understand. But I, I think the inherentness of that, of just kind of, I'm going to let go and it will be all right. There is nothing which will be something I can't deal with. And with all the things that you're, you know, you're teaching students as well, then hopefully that is something which they can take on board, at, um, not just an earlier age, but it, but sort of as, as a sort of a whole sort of integral part of who they are absolutely and it's so important mark too is for is and the one thing i've learned over the years is like being open to interests and passions and realizing that okay i thought my path was this but you know what i'm really inspired to go do that you know i thought my whole career was going to be a certain corporate path and i've had several huge ebb and flows and you know i'm doing the work i'm doing today because I became a parent. But at the time I became a parent, I had no idea I'd be doing this. I was on the corporate path, right? But all of a sudden, I realized that I was being pulled in a new direction. So I think that it's also part of really exploring what's lighting you up, what's pulling you into your future, as opposed to what is my set plan I have on a piece of paper, because that opens you up to magic in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find it's creating the space which enables you to kind of really find what that is because like you say it's very hard I think sometimes when you think you're on a path and it's it all makes sense it's what you've thought of it's what you've dreamed of it's all working for you it's not like it's not working for you apart from the fact that like you say there's a niggle somewhere which is like you say I, I, I need to look after my children or I want it to look like this I want a different work balance I, I know that this is really important but that doesn't quite fit in with what I thought I was doing and, and uh, certainly for me I, I think the time and the space is kind of the key area in order just to allow that to sort of filter through into into them being that sort of inner understanding which you can then sort of take a decision on 
Absolutely. And, you know, for me, it wasn't like one day I said, oh, I'm going to go do this. I mean, to make this transition literally took a couple of years of percolating and working on stuff kind of on a part time basis to, to figure out, OK, is this what I really want to do? It's um, but just opening yourself up to exploring new areas of your next step in life and what, how you can make a difference in the world. You know, for me, that was what really was pulling me into to making this happen. Yeah, well, and thank goodness and thank you for doing that because, you know, the amount of people that you're impacting and like I said, that ripple effect, not just of the coaches, but the impact on the children and then their impact on their their peers around them and and in the years to go on which is going to do i think that's such an incredible an incredible gift so yeah well one thank you for doing it thank you for being here and sharing all of that wisdom and just as we wrap up do tell people where they can find out more and and and, and get more information Oh, I'd love to invite you to our website, adventuresinwisdom.com. If you want to check out a free coaching story, we have the one on developing positive self-talk. Just click on the tab up at the top that says free story. If you're interested in maybe working with one of our coaches, we have a tab that says for parents where you can connect with one of our coaches. And maybe if you're interested in becoming a coach, we have a tab that says be a coach and you can find out more information there as well. Fantastic. Well, Renee, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing all of that. And I'm sure there are people listening who are thinking, I've had that niggle and I wasn't quite sure where it was. And maybe this is, like I say, opened up that that window a little bit and uh, just take their hand off that roller coaster enough to kind of do the click and, uh, <laughs> and enter that new world. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.